When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Jimmy Williams. Good morning. Hope you're having a great weekend. No Paul Hazelby today. He is out. And in off the bench comes former West Coast Eagle. What a great player he was for the mighty blue and gold. Brad Shepard. Good morning, Shep. Great to be here. Unfortunately, Hayes has got struck down by the virus. It's taken him long enough to get it, but it finally caught up with him. Yeah, a little bit of breaking news. Imagine the best DM breakout, the world's best rock breakers. Now, Shep, uh, during the week, of course, the big story was Tom Stewart getting that four-week suspension. Now, you've come out on radio, you've spoken about it previously, but for those that didn't hear what you had to say, you, you were under the impression or you thought it was a little bit light. Yes, I did. I thought it was a little bit light for the four weeks and the severity of what actually happened. He went past the contest. He tried to line up um, Dion Prestia. I know there's a bit of commentary around it. It's happened in a split second. But in that split second, the point three nine, which what his defence was... <laughs> You, know, you, made a, you make a conscious decision to go through and to, to take out the opposing uh, player, of which he collected him high as well. So I think the consequence, AFL has been really strong about trying to eliminate head knocks and head contact in the game today with the amount of rules they brought in. Yes, last year, if that incident did happen, it was three weeks, so they've extended it to four weeks. But I just think we've well, got to stamp it out of the game. The ball was there to be won, but he chose consciously to go past and to take Preston out. We don't know, Dion, if he's going to be okay. Reports are... Uh, from the Richmond Footy Club that he's in good moods and he'll, he'll probably play in a fortnight. But we don't know what his long-term health effects are from this hit. So I think four weeks is a little bit light on. I'd like to push it out to six weeks so we completely stamp it out of the game. Yeah, I was a, it was a horrible incident. Uh, four weeks for Tom Stewart. As you heard there, Brad Shepard suggesting it should have been a little bit more. But there was plenty of other news from over East this week as well, Shep. Some rumours around the future of Luke Jackson. Now, your old club, they've got Nick Natanui. What a superstar he is. But do you expect West Coast to make a play for him? It sounds as if both the Eagles and the Dockers are in for a chance to recruit Jackson back to Perth. I think both teams, absolutely. Not only West Coast and Fremantle, I think every team in the AFL would be having a look at their list, how much money they've got in the salary cap for the next coming years, probably the next five, ten years. Because if Luke Jackson is a possibility to get picked up through the trade period, then he is going to be an outstanding player for ten years. He's only just scratching the surface of what he's like what his talent can can provide. He's a basketball background. He's only taken football seriously the last two or three years. And you can see his development from last year to this year. Gorn's been out, and he's taken that number one ruck mantle, mm. and he's taken his game to a new level. So I think if West Coast can pull off this deal, I think it would be a great asset for the footy club and probably someone with Oscar Allen and Campbell Chester, who they already have, to build the club around. So, you know, if they can pick him up, it would be a huge coup for the footy club. We'll talk about your old club later, but some more news this week out of the Demons camp. Clayton Oliver re-signing until 2030. I couldn't believe this, Shep. Now, we spoke <laughs> about it off air. That's a really long deal, and they've signed he and Petrarca, two superstar players. How much do you think this could affect the other players and the salaries and all that kind of thing. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Well, I wouldn't know what it'd feel like to 
get a seven-year deal <laughs> as a back pocket plumber. I was, I was a year in. Every, every year I'd be trying to negotiate a deal. But that's great for Clayton. The footy, he's only 24 years of age. I actually could not believe he's 24 years of age. He's what has provided the Melbourne Footy Club in his, his infant uh, start, early start of his career, is been huge. He's a Brownlow favourite this year with the season he's having. He's a premiership player. And the seven years, it's a bit of conjecture. Everyone's up in arms. Like, well, how can you play, sign up a player for seven years? The money that he would warrant for his form now and his form going forward in future and the type of player he is, to be able to fit that player into, into your footy, uh, footy club and a salary cap, you've got, to, you've got to extend the tenure over seven years so you can massage the money through. So you can try and keep the likes of the Jacksons. You keep the likes of uh, who else? There's Salem there. Angus um, Brayshaw. Angus Brayshaw. So you, it's not as easy as you know, trying to pay. He's probably a million-dollar player a year with what his, his output is. But you can't pay a three-year, $3 million a million dollar a year to him because it will just it will just distort the whole salary cap and the, and the list going forward. So what he's done seven years is uh, great for the Melbourne Footy Club. Former West Coast Eagle Brad Shepard with me, Jimmy Williams here on Off the Bench. Imagine the best DM Breaker distributors of the world's best rock breakers. DMBreaker.com.au. Out Hazelby in Shepard. We'll be back with more on Off the Bench after this. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Jimmy Williams. Welcome back. No Paul Hazelby this morning. It is former Eagle Brad Shepard with me, Jimmy Williams, on Off the Bench. Great to have your company. Now, Shep, let's get into your old team. They have got a massive in this weekend. It's Nick Natanui back into the side for tomorrow's game against the Tigers. They'll be walking tall up with the big man out there. They are, and what an inclusion it is. It's great to see Nick back, and it's great to see the club putting him forward as well. Very easy. You could, say, you could put him in cotton wool, so that's your year done. But he played a game in the Waffle last week, 80 minutes. He got through. He played really well. So he's going to be a huge influence against an informed Ivan Soldo and uh, also Toby Nankervis. Toby Nankervis, who is having another stellar career. Just quickly back on Nick Nat playing Waffle, Shep, that... That's not going to happen again, is it, in his career, well, the big fella? Well, it's it's good to see the West Coast actually learning from the mistakes. In the past, they've just rushed players back in and try and get their match fitness at AFL level, and it hasn't worked for them in the past. So now they've got a system and processing plays where if you're coming back from a long-term injury, you have to play waffle, whether it's for managed minutes or a full game. might be uh, multiple games, and then you can be ready to go coming back in the AFL level. And we saw success last week when... Uh, they could have brought back in a couple of players. We've got the Kellys back. You've got the, the Nat Newies came back this week. Dom Sheed came back the week before, and he, he came back and made a real impact straight away. So I think they've learned from mistakes, and uh, it's been positive. Shep, young fella, Zane True, out of the Swan District's uh, footy club. He gets his chance this week. What a moment this will be for the young fella. On debut at the MCG, no doubt behind the scenes he's worked hard. Can you tell me a little bit about Zane True? Absolutely. Zane is a great, great kid. Just wants to work hard, get the most out of himself. Unfortunately, he's been struck down. By injury, ever right. since he got drafted, his athletic profile is very similar to Luke Shuey. He's, wow. he's explosive, very clean but below his knees, and he's got an exceptional fend-off. <laughs> I would be surprised. I think Dusty must be his favourite player. He, tries to, <laughs> he, he almost invites the contact so he can fend and spin out. So he's, he's a player that I think will really thrive on the big stage. At the waffle level, he, he plays well, but I think he is, he's, got, he's destined for bigger things than just waffle footy. So I can't wait to see what he can do against the Tigers. Now, you predicted this last weekend. You thought that the Waffle Eagles would win. They did. You thought that the AFL Eagles would beat the Bombers. They did. This one's a little bit tougher, but... They'll be walking taller having had a victory back at home after it's been a rough season, COVID, injuries. 
And the young players are starting to find some confidence. Rhett Bazo, you were mentioning off there, is one player you've really liked the look of so far this year. I think the way Rhett's come in and really asserted himself in defence with McGovern out, he's taking one of the key forwards. So this week he was, he's probably going to get the lineup of either Tom Lynch and or Jack Rewalt, which is what a great opportunity for himself to learn against these these key forwards. And I think he's holding up his end of the bargain. He's he's highly competitive. He loves the contest and he and he hates losing. And that's what they're, they're the hallmarks to be a great defender. So I can't wait to see him be on the MCG and get to straight his stuff as well. Are you going to pick him? I, th- I think they're a smoky. Without JK, going forward, there's going to be a little bit uncertainty, not so Josh Kennedy reliant. They're going to have to change that a little bit dynamic. It's great to see Liam Ryan back in the fold with Willie Rioli. That last week, they combined and kicked, I think, six or seven between them. So I wouldn't be riding them off. It's going to be one loss in the midfield. If they get supplied, then I think they're a huge chance. And what about your old buddy, Jack Darling? 250 games. 200, he's a bit maligned, isn't he, Jack? But what he's done for the footy club over a long period of time, he's been outstanding. He's almost kicked 500 goals as a true centre-half forward. He's been outstanding. He's always a very consistent player. He always kicks two or three a game. And he's, he's really our you know leader of the forward line with, with Josh Kennedy. He's, he's been exceptional to be able to play the amount of games he has, amount of kick as many goals he has, and he's been, I think he's still got another four years in him. Shep, we need to take a break. We'll talk about one of Australia's most controversial sports people next here on Off the Bench, Jimmy Williams with Brad Shepard. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Jimmy Williams. Welcome back. Great to have your company. Me, Jimmy Williams, with former Eagle Brad Shepard in for Paul Hazelby. Shep, I can't wait to get stuck into this. The dig, dial before you dig, the essential first step. One of Australia's, if not Australia's most controversial sports person, Nick Kyrgios. Kyrgios. Now, what do you got for me? You know, it's one of the most uh, respected and well-known tournaments, the way they conduct themselves. It's the All England Club. It's a very fancy place. Uh, lucky enough to have been there a few years back and, and be there on the ground to watch the tennis. It's immaculately presented. But Nick Kyrgios, he rocks up into a press conference eating food. That was after the first set in his first match where he spat towards a uh, a, a member in the crowd he took on the lines person. He whinged. He sulked. What do you think about the way Nick Kyrgios conducts himself out on the tennis court, Shep? He is a polarising figure in Australian sport, mm. in world sport. He's trying to emulate. Remember Paddy Pimlet, the UFC star? He walked into his press conference post after his, his win in the London with a pizza. At least he was eating healthy. From what I saw, it was a sushi, a salmon sushi. So Could you imagine? His you're... dietitian is, is having an influence on him. Could you imagine you walking in to one of your <laughs> Eagles press conferences when you were back playing, walking in with your lunch? The media would have had a field day, and you wouldn't have done it, Chip. Yes, I know. I know. He's his own man. But I thought – I've tried to back Nick up, and it's only of late I saw the replay of him spitting at a spectator when, when he when he won that, um, when that first game – where that wild card pushed him to the fifth set. And that is the ultimate disrespect. From whatever I said throughout the week, saying he's a, he has been good to the game for a, a promoter's dream, I still think that he is a promoter's dream because he's so polarising. I think there's more hatred towards him than in positivity. But to be able, like, to actually have a conscious thought to be able to spit to a spectator who's paid large sums mm. of money to, to come Eight and dollars. watch two outstanding tennis players slug it out and I just think it's it's disrespect to not only that that spectator itself but for what Wimbledon is it's a it's a high class all white such a a special club club 
in world sport. And and for him to do that is the ultimate disrespect. You've been there. You've played elite sport, Shep, so you know what it takes. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. Can Nick Kyrgios actually win a major with this mental capacity he has? Because he, he's got the talent physically, right? We, we both yep. agree on that. But yep. the behaviour just screams as if if something goes wrong, it can all, all fall apart pretty quickly. Yes, fall apart. But the more I think about it, I think he needs that to get him going. So he, he's looking for an enemy to get him motivation. Right. So he, he's looking for controversy. Controversy. He's, he's looking for people in the crowd to stir him up, to get the best out of himself. Because that first game, he got pushed to five cents against a wild card. He came up against a better opposition the game after and won in three sets, 6-1, 6-2, 6-1. So he wants to be the villain. I think that's what, that's what gives him that energy to be able to perform and to play his game. So he's, he's looking for a target game in, game out. Fascinating thoughts from you, Shep. Don't dig yourself into a hole. Lodge a free dial before you dig inquiry. You can watch Nick Kyrgios over in Wimbledon. Let's hope he gets it all together for those tennis fans out there. We'll be back with more on Off the Bench after this. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Jimmy Williams. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Me, Jimmy Williams, with former Eagle Brad Shepard. He's in Off the Bench for Paul Hazelby. Shep, let's get to the Dockers. Now, this is a team... Many out there are watching closely, following closely. They were in the top four prior to the round. They had a real bad loss against the Blues last weekend. And they come up against a team this weekend, Port Adelaide, who are really fighting for their place in the top eight after a really poor start. This is going to be a really good game of footy. Absolutely. To me, this is the match of the round. Fremantle coming off a loss last week. Their midfield got touched up against Carlton. And coming against Port Adelaide, don't, don't remember, Port Adelaide were... Zero and five to start the season. Mm, a lot won, of people wrote them off. I think they're seven and nine the next nine games. So they're probably the most informed team in the competition. And to go along with that, they've got additions of Charlie Dixon, who's a couple of games back. Todd Marshall up forward. He's having probably his career best year. I think this is uh, hallmarks to be one of an absolute belter of a game on Sunday afternoon. And I tell you, I think Fremantle will still get the chocolates being a home game. Right. They don't lose too many games at home. Fifey had a bit of a stinker last week, but champions, you don't write champions off. So I think uh, Fremantle will respond by dominating the midfield and uh, I think their forward line as well. They've got a lot of threats. Someone came to me this week, Shep, and, and they raised a pretty good point about David Mundy and Nat Fife being in the same midfield together. Now, do you think that should happen or do you think they should leave it up to the young fellas in Sarong, Brayshaw, Brody? Is, is there space to play both Fife and Mundy at the same centre bounce? I think there is, yes, absolutely, because you can't – stick with the same midfield for the whole four quarters. Right. These midfielders are going to come off spells, rotate forward to try and have a breather because the game itself is quite demanding, especially in the midfield. So you need to be able to probably a mix of five or six players to be able to rotate through the midfield. And no doubt, Mundy is a part of that mix with, with Fife as well, spending a bit of time forward. So yes, absolutely. Those two have been absolute warriors for the Fremantle Footy Club for a long period of time. So don't be surprised if those two line up in the centre bounce on Sunday. Now, there's a bloke coming back for the power who you know pretty well because I, I reckon I've heard Adam Simpson say on radio that you used to play on him, Robbie Gray. Robbie Gray, He's yeah. a dangerous X-factor player. T- tell me how they've got to stop. You, you, you've you been in this position numerous times. Yep. Who do Fremantle go to if Robbie Gray uh, finds his best footy and gets off the chain? Well, I think a big decision is going to be where Griffin Lowe plays. Last right. week he played defence. Uh, the previous month before that, he was playing up forward. So if he does play in defence, I think he's a great matchup. Robbie Gray he's, he's, makes the most, to say, of every possession he takes and gets inside the forward 50. And he plays predominantly close to the goal. So he only needs five or six, cut, five or six touches to have two or three goal assists and kick a couple himself. When I used to play against him, he was the go-to man and a bloke he had to stop and the real barometer of the Port Adelaide footy side. So... 
for me, I used to play back shoulder, try and, try and push him out wide because his lateral movement, even though he's getting on in age, he's probably a bit past his prime, his lateral movement is still up there with the toughest in the, in the AFL. Shep, let's go through the rest of the games for round 16. Essendon and Sydney, who are you picking? You can't go past Sydney. Yeah, Sydney for me as well. Adelaide and Melbourne? Melbourne. Geelong, I'm also picking Melbourne. Geelong and North Melbourne in Geelong. Oh, geez, that'll be a tough one, oh. but uh, Geelong just. Yeah. Geelong by a long way, yeah, Shep. Suns and goal, uh, the Suns and Collingwood. Well, I, I initially tipped Gold Coast. I think Gold Coast will win, but the more I think about it, it's going to be a wet game. Twilight up in uh, up Metricon Stadium, yep. and Collingwood love playing when it's a little bit slippery. The wet with their game style, so I wouldn't be surprised if the Pies win. But I'm still going to stick with Gold Coast. Now, in one word or two words, I know we spoke about this a little bit earlier. Richmond or West Coast? Well, I want to go West Coast. <laughs> love it. I'm picking Richmond at the G. GWS and Hawthorne from Giant Stadium. Uh, Giants. Also, the Giants for me, given that it is in New South Wales. And finally, Shep, the final game of the round. You said it's the match of the round. The Dockers and Port Adelaide here in Perth at Optus Stadium. Well, they're still spruiking flag mantle, the Fremantle supporters, so I'm going to back him in Fremantle. Yeah, I'm also picking the Fremantle Dockers to bounce back this week. Shep, thanks so much for coming on Off the Bench. Thanks for having me. Hopefully, Paul Hazelby will be back with us next week. Brad Shepard with me, Jimmy Williams. Thanks for your time on Off the Bench. Hope you have a great weekend. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.